Hello, me again at the end of a busy working day. A beautiful sunny day outside in, um, I don't know what, the, uh, about somewhere into the second week of lockdown. And I've been self-employed for a long time and I got to thinking about this working from home lot, which is not new to me, but it may be new to many people. Before I get into it, I made a video recently on how to be self-employed, and that's fairly self-explanatory, so have a listen to the intro to that for a moment, and I'll come back to my topic of working from home. Hello, Barry Winbolt here, so me again with a quick idea on what it means to be self-employed. I was talking to a, a friend recently and um, it just reminded me that this question comes up a lot. What does it mean to be self-employed? Now I'm not talking about the practical stuff, setting up the business plan, getting your first bank account, whatever it happens to be. I'm talking about making the transition as I call it uh, and as the change specialists call it. You see change is all about leaving a job, setting up your home office, getting your computer system sorted out. The practical and physical aspects of change are evident. But that doesn't mean that people change at the same rate. There is a psychological transition that goes with any change. It also goes with unwanted change like loss, bereavement, change of job, being made redundant, whatever it happens to be. And I think one of the pitfalls of, being, of becoming self-employed is that people often don't forward think this enough. Yeah, so there we have it, a psychological transition. That's what I'm talking about here. Based on my experience of working from home for many, many years, of course, but also my experience earlier in my life of being an employer. And I had some interesting discoveries about that. I saw that repeated when I was working for a large company some 15 years ago or so. And we went from nice office with our own little cubicles and some of us had offices I was one of the lucky ones and we went to open plan the dreaded open plan where everybody was hot desking and sharing space together and of course nobody had our regular stations but it was amazing how quickly and readily people adopted territorial techniques and started marking out the boundaries of their own territory you know the story, all sorts of things stuck all over the computer, family photos. In fact, it was so disruptive to me working in an office under those circumstances that I used to work about two days a week in the office. When I say work, I wasn't really working at all. I'd get far more done at home. Indeed, surveys have shown that people who work from home tend to get more done consistently, almost one and a half days a month. One study I, re I saw recently mentioned that's equivalent to almost 17 days a year or 16.8 days, I think they said. Now, that's, that's a holiday in itself if, you got, if that time got recognised, wouldn't it be? And I think that's an important change that could come about to touch on that for a minute. I've already mentioned that I, I had proper jobs. I worked in offices and uh, I would work from home as well. Other family members have done the same thing and they have found what I found, that when you work from home, but you're based in the office, it's seen as a privilege by employers. And I certainly had more than one remark where colleagues would say, well, it's OK for you swanning about, sitting around, taking a walk whenever you want, on your permanent coffee break at home, all of those sorts of comments I used to get. But in actual fact, I probably did 10 to 12 hours a day before it was even fashionable to do that because I liked what I was doing and I liked working from home. 
The other positive thing about it for me personally was there was a time in my life where I had other responsibilities, children and so forth, and I needed to break my day up. So that suited my work routine anyway. But then to go back to the office and be treated as some sort of part-timer or somebody who wasn't really seriously present like everybody else, I thought was a bit of a cheek. Um, but I found it was a fairly common attitude. Now, one thing I did do, by the way, I worked out very, very quickly years ago when I was in one particular position. I was a director of an organisation. I worked mostly from home. I made it my business to devote Friday afternoon every week to some sort of social chit-chat. I'd ring round my colleagues, and there were 12 or 13 of, of us in this immediate uh, sort of conclave I worked in. Um, most of us work from home, and I would touch base with at least half those people each week. Now, I wasn't checking on them. That was never the purpose of my call. It was, hi, how are you? How's it going? They were kind of water cooler chats by telephone, really. And I found it was good for me psychologically. But I really kept in touch, actually much better than I ever would have done at the office. Because there's no way with them in, when I was in the office that I'd actually talk to six, seven or eight of my colleagues on uh, at the end of the week just to touch base and, and check in with them. So I think there's another hidden advantage that people often don't think about. And for me, it was a survival technique. It was a way of keeping up with what was going on, keeping in the loop, so to speak, keeping them in the loop. But also, I found that it, it did me good to be able to do that. Psychologically, it was de-stressing, comforting and nice to have contact with people because after all that's why many of us like to go into offices. Which brings me to one of the surprising findings I had when I used to employ people at home. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody is automatically more productive because they're working from home. You really have to have the right mindset and you have to be comfortable about it. And as one young woman said to me, I just can't work like this. I haven't got the the boundaries, I'm not sure if that's the word, word to use, but she said, I'm used to having somebody more or less standing over me and telling me what to do. There was no way it worked for her. And we parted company very amicably on the basis that the work I was giving her was home-based. We didn't have room in the office. We built the business around home workers, but it wasn't for her. She needed the money, she needed the job, but unfortunately, the one we could offer wasn't suitable. So the first thing I'd say about working from home is you've got to have the right mindset. It doesn't mean you can't adopt the right mindset. It doesn't mean you can't learn it. But I think one has to be aware that there is a psychological tra transition. You're moving from one type of employed mindset to a, to a different type of employed mindset, but on your own time, in your own space, managing yourself. In effect, you're working like a self-employed person with the security blanket, if you like, or the safety net of employment. So you presumably get a regular salary for that. And you have to make a certain amount of mental preparation and adjustment. And one of the things I think is quite important, I touched on a moment ago about this attitude of employers towards people who work from home. Do sort it out with your manager or whoever's kind of running the show immediately above you. What is their attitude to, to you not being the office? Have a cup of coffee with them and talk it through. Because you need to sort out the idea that you're somehow a privileged person being allowed to work from home. No, you're doing the company a favour. 
you're not taking up desk space, you're not taking up office space, you are more productive, you are just as contactable, especially these days, as you ever were, and you manage your own time when you're at home. So you don't welcome intrusions that are not announced because you know how unproductive that is in the office when somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, can I have a word right now or will you answer this email immediately? You don't want to carry those practices into the home space. Manage your space and that means time, physical space and also the intrusiveness of others would be my advice. So there's a degree of mental preparation and adjustment. Another point is, do you like your own company? Are you prepared to work all the time? Because it can turn into that. And if you love your job and you love what you do, as I do, then okay. But you have to learn some self-management in order to manage your time. That means regular start and stop times, regular breaks, and whether you feel like it or not, getting your head down and getting the work done, whatever the distractions, and shutting the world out for a time. If you are somebody who went into work for the company, you need to work out your own support structures. So Skype chats or FaceTime, whatever you choose to use. You need moral support from time to time. And if you're used to chewing over ideas with colleagues, that is a very valuable pastime of work. It's often underestimated. The little bits, bite-sized bits of information are exchanged, uh, running ideas past people, all that sort of thing. Establish routines for, in inverted commas, going to work. For years, I used to go for a swim in the morning, uh, other people take a run, so that when I came back into the house, I would effectively be coming into my workspace. I left uh, for my exercise, but I'd come back into my workspace, and then I would start work. Don't be a slave to your routine. Keep it in place, recognise it, observe it, stick to it as far as you can. But if something crops up where you need to break off, you can make up the time earlier. I mean, later. You can make up the time later. And above all, by the way, don't try and cover your tracks by doing the virtual version of leaving your jacket on the back of a chair when you go out to meet your mates at lunchtime. If you're going out, simply put a sign up saying you're not going to be available because you have personal business to attend to. This is why I said earlier, your, your employers don't own you when you're working from home. You own your space, your time and all the rest. What they own is your productivity and your loyalty. And those two things you need to make very clear and they are sacrosanct, of course, because that's what you get paid for. But they don't tell you how to use your day when you're not in the office. That wouldn't be reasonable, in my view. Of course, this is all my views. You can take it or leave it. Remember that working it like this, particularly now if you're working from home regularly for the first time, it's a learning process. It won't always be like this. You maybe will opt to stay working from home or perhaps employers will finally wake up to the common sense of this. Think about how many fewer commuters there could be if there are already 1.5 million self-employed people who work from home or work for themselves at least. They don't all necessarily work from home. And if you could add another 1.52 million of the working from home employed people, particularly around our big cities, wouldn't that ease congestion and make 
a lot of people's lives a lot pleasanter because they wouldn't be having the commute. Get more sleep, get more rest, more family time and all the rest of it. Now there's a lot more out there in terms of advice and guidance on things you could do to make your working from home time productive. For example, make sure you've got a, a workspace. If possible, it might only be a corner in a bedroom. And I don't welcome having office space in bedrooms because that can be disruptive to sleep. But as far as possible, do isolate yourself so that family and others you share your space with re respect what you're doing and that it is a job. I know that's very difficult with children, but they need their own routines as well. And hopefully you can work out some sort of balance. The key thing, I think, is take it one step at a time. Take it lightly. Have fun. Enjoy it. Don't treat it as though it's some strict routine that has to be adhered to. Remember, if you get a little bit behind in your work one day, you can always catch up the next. That's my view anyway. And another thing I would just throw in here, because I only just thought of it, is respecting your natural rest activity cycle. Now, we have periods in the day, we have periods in every 24-hour period for approximately 90 minutes where we're upbeat, go out, get them, you know, in what I call an externally focused mode. But in a, left to our own devices, our mind and our body wants to shut down a little for about 20 minutes every hour and a half to two hours. Now it's called the rest activity cycle. You can check it. It's not me making this idea up. Most of us override that rest bit out of necessity. That's what work cycles do to us. They want us at work. Gazing into the middle distance or thinking isn't work. So you have to be seen to be productive. When you're at home, that's not the case. If you're like me, stuck at a computer a lot of the day and you're finding your concentration wanders, Keep a little timetable. You'll probably find around mid-morning it goes off, first of all, and then around lunchtime and maybe mid-afternoon as well. These are natural dips. They're not you being inefficient or somehow faulty. You'll get on much better, in my view, and I'm speaking as a psychologist now and from practical experience as well. You will get on much better if you respect those dips rather than flogging a dead horse Stretch, move around, make yourself a cup of tea, coffee. Don't overdo the coffee, of course, nor the energy drinks. But, you know, have a break. If your body and your mind is telling you you're losing concentration, you're finding it difficult to actually keep going at this minute, a five-minute break, some fresh air will probably all be all you need to get your focus back and get back into it. It's going to be far more effective that way than to simply try and push through that little rest cycle because your body is telling you something different is needed. And by the way, uh, overriding that consistently paves the way for chronic stress. And you'll know if you've ever been really badly stressed that when you get into that state, you almost lose the ability to relax. You lose the ability to switch off. And that's because you've trained yourself out of it. So recognising those little rest breaks and taking them I'm not talking about having a siesta or putting your feet up. Both of those are good ideas, by the way. But you fit in what you can. But don't expect to work four to six hours at a stretch without a break. 
it's not the way we are designed, it's not helpful, and in the end, it's counterproductive. So I'd say, if you're working from home for the first time, congratulations, good luck to you. You may not have seen it as welcome. You might be just hankering to get back to the office when things change and we're allowed to do that. In the meantime, whatever it is, whether you welcome the change or you don't welcome it, allow space for mental adjustment. Do a clear-eyed reality check about where you are. Be open and flexible. I mean, where you are in the situation you're working in. Make sure your working environment is as appropriate and comfortable as you can make it, given, no doubt, limited resources if you don't have the luxury of a home office. Stay open and flexible to new ideas. Look around you, share ideas with colleagues, find out who's doing what to make it work from them. And above all, make sure you get plenty of support from people who work in a similar area to you. Good luck with that and enjoy the rest of lockdown as best you can. As ever, I'm always open to questions. If you have anything you'd like me to discuss on this podcast, let me know and I'll come back to it in a later episode. No names, no pactual, by the way. It's all anonymous. I might use a first name or if you'd prefer me not to just say uh, I want to remain anonymous and I'll make up a name and make that clear. So that brings me to the end of this quick little interlude at the end of a busy working day, which I've really enjoyed. And I hope you can find fulfillment in the new working arrangements as time goes forward. That's all from me, Barry Winbolt, and I'll see you in another podcast. By the way, I've just remembered, on my podcast homepage, there is a link to my videos. And in those videos, there is the video from which you heard a clip earlier, which relates to being self-employed. You might get a different take on things that way as well, although it's not for only about working from home. Perhaps you'd find it useful. It's not very long and uh, might give you a few more ideas. That's it from me. Thanks for joining me. Over and out. See you soon.